Welcome to Episode 21 of the Insurance Agency Trendsetters Podcast. Welcome to the Insurance Agency Trendsetters Podcast, where we explore how insurance agents can leverage technology to create better relationships with our prospects, customers, and agency team members. We believe tech should help us serve customers better and more efficiently, not replace the human-to-human interaction that's made the independent insurance agent a trusted advisor to clients. You'll hear from industry experts and agents who are on the leading edge of marketing, tech, and providing world-class customer experiences. It's time to level up the industry, and you're the trendsetters who can. All right, we are back with part two of our podcast. In in this section, we're going to talk about censorship and how that impacts insurance agencies. So, George, we have actually have a friend that's been impacted by this. We sure do, Charlotte. And I remember when I first heard of this particular incident uh, and their Facebook account was, they were locked out. And I was thinking, surely that couldn't have happened to an agency. Why would that happen? And so, of course, I went in and checked it. Sure enough, you couldn't find them on Facebook. And in talking with the agent and trying to figure out what the reasoning was, they were like, well, you know, we weren't really posting anything bad. It was mostly focused on you know, patriotism. Uh, they had some things in there, I think, with the local police that they honored and some other entities that they they focused on. Uh, and I don't even know if they know why they were blocked out of Facebook. Yeah, I, I don't think was, they got anything. I, I don't think they got any warnings that any of their posts were offensive. And, and if, yeah, again, I mean, I saw the post uh, that they would put up regularly, and it was all very positive, very community-oriented, not um, – edgy or accusative or inflammatory at all. Um, so it, it really is, uh, it's, it's a lesson that, you know, sometimes these algorithms for uh, the social media platforms, you know, sometimes they pick up something that maybe isn't offensive and flag it as offensive. And, you know, it's if you're not a power user of these platforms, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whoever, it's often very difficult to get someone that you can talk to directly um, instead of just a generic submit a form and say what's going on, um, and, and get your page back. And, and even you know, and even then, people rarely find out what the problem is. Um, <laughs> Very, very true. That that even goes back to reviews as well. I think Charlotte, because in some of the things we've talked about in the past, uh, if you get a review on your particular business that's uh, that you think is unfounded, it's it's not easy to get that review taken off. In some cases, I've seen that they most of these entities have done a fairly decent job, but still, you're not talking to anybody on the phone. You're submitting a form and typing in why you think that review is not correct. And then they on their end have to make the determination if they're going to allow it to be stricken or whether they're going to let it stay. So back to your point on the algorithms, um, it is a little, I don't know if we use the word scary or what word we use to know that that can happen so quickly. And in this day and time with, with those different social media platforms being a major way that we're reaching our clients and potential prospects, that can be concerning. Yeah. In fact, I actually had a trademark infringement situation where I had um, 
a very young girl. Um, I think she's probably seven, you know, 16, 17, 18, somewhere along in there who had basically lifted my trademark um, business name, which is Nowpreneur. I do own the trademark for that and was using it as her own. And when I contacted uh, the social media channels, Facebook, Instagram immediately um, took down the account. Uh, LinkedIn took down the account. Twitter said, tough. We don't care. And to this day, I can't get um, her account shut down or or anything. Um, She has rebranded to something similar, but not exactly the same. Um, I still think it's infringement, but um, at this point, it, it, you know. I uh, just haven't pursued that, but you know that that's also something that absolutely can happen out there. And getting um, the, the the platforms to respond can be a challenge. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I have to say that 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 is a challenging aspect is getting communication because you know, we're used to that verbal communication. And they're used to just email and send, send something into us and we'll review it and then we'll make the determination. There's not that inner. And this probably goes back to a broader, broader topic, but there's no communication between the two parties where you're sitting down across the table and having a conversation. Uh, and, and I think that lends itself uh, to an area that uh, can create major problems. Yeah. Now, if you're a big company that's doing a lot of business on those platforms, you tend to get a rep, so you actually can have somebody to talk to. But um, you know, I can also give an example of someone I know that um, really an expert in Google Ads and Facebook Ads. I mean, super, super sharp. Places um, hundreds of thousands of dollars of ads every day. You know, big traffic um, person. Uh, was running ads for someone uh, for something they were doing and got shut down on the day that they actually um, launched the product that they were selling oh, with all of these ads no. with no explanation, of course, just shut it all down. And, you know, were, they were shut down for about five days, you know, the first five days of their product launch, <laughs> they, um, couldn't run any ads and they never did find out what it was, but they did get the account, uh, the ad account restored. So, you know, even people that are power players that know what to say and not to say, you know, this can happen. And so, I mean, we've talked a lot about what could happen and what the problems are, but I also want to offer a, a way to mitigate this risk. And it's, you know, it's a very old saying, but it's don't put all your eggs in the same basket. You know, in one basket, you know, spread that spread out what you're doing, your marketing. You shouldn't only be marketing on Facebook or only be marketing. Um, you know, that happened to people who were marketing by fax. And then when they, they passed the law that says you can't spam via fax, there were companies exactly. that were out of business. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, I, you know, obviously this agent that we know has other marketing besides uh, the Facebook page. I mean, obviously was doing a great job, really, really good job of connecting with both prospects and customers on that Facebook page and in um, their community, but it's still connecting in other ways now. That wasn't their only, you know, they weren't only on Facebook. They, you know, have some other online connections. You know, they got a strong website. They've got other things going on, but um, 
I mean, that's that's my my best um, advice. Of course, obviously, if you don't know what you're doing uh, with a Facebook ad or Google ad, make sure you hire somebody that has the expertise to know. Right. That, that knows, the, that knows yeah. the space, knows the market, and they've tested it and they know what they're doing. I agree because, you know, I've seen some really great agency um, social media marketing plans, and they do just a fabulous job job of getting the message out and their brand out and one in particular that i've noticed uh this uh young lady who's an agent uh has done a fabulous job and she's had professional photographers come in and take pictures with her with clients and in different scenarios and they use that and they put the text on the on the photograph and of course they they line it up with whatever platform they're using to get the size and everything right and they schedule it up to go out at a particular time and, you know, if it's whatever month, like it's cybersecurity month, they focus on cybersecurity and they do a fantastic job. And the number of people that respond to that is just phenomenal. And, and back to the Facebook ad piece, and, and a lot of our listeners may not really realize this, but those Facebook ads are not expensive. And, and the other piece to that is you can really tailor where that ad goes. In the old days, you know, we'd put an ad in a magazine or a newspaper and whoever bought the newspaper or the uh, magazine would see it. Uh, today, you can really tailor it down to say, I want people who like uh, boating, have boating as an interest, and you're going to focus on boats, insurance, or, or you know, other toys that you may have. But you can be more focused in your marketing efforts. Yeah, and both Google and Facebook have um, artificial intelligence wrapped into their ad platforms that the longer your ad runs, the more precise it can get um, into who it who that ad is being shown to. Um, so you know they're they're in fact most people I know that are really in the business of generating ad traffic say ninety days is the sweet spot. Once you've had ninety days, your ad is really going to get delivered to the right person. So you know of course you want to make sure it stays up and running and. You know, there's some obvious things like, you know, they don't like you calling out a specific um, condition. Like, for example, if you're selling health insurance or life insurance, they wouldn't want you to say diabetics. We have a special policy for you. <laughs> exactly. you know, big no, no. Yeah, don't don't do that. Um, but, you know, you could certainly say, you know, uh, we you know, we have um, a, a great policy that can cover all types of chronic medical conditions or something, you know, at least have something like that. But then you could target it by saying people that buy diabetic supplies, you know, or people that have liked this page that sells um, something similar. So, you know, there are, there are a lot, there are ways around that without calling out things specifically, but um, yeah. And, and the biggest thing again is that don't make, and I, I've been, preaching this since way before we had the internet, which is don't make one medium your only channel for advertising. You know, it, it wasn't smart to only have yellow pages or only have television or only have facts. Um, or I'll say this as well, only have producers that knock on doors. You know, it's really, right. really important that you have multiple ways to reach your customers. And today there's really no excuse not to. Yeah, I agree. And there's so many different uh, social media platforms out there and, and kind of you, you can look at the ones you think are going to best fit your particular agency and develop those plans. And, you know, you can and if you haven't started, you know, start with one 
get that one going and then pick up your next one and start working with that one and kind of work your way through until you get several of them out there. You don't have, I don't think Charlotte in the social media market, you have to have, you know, 20 or 30 of these things, but you need to have a, a decent group. So here again, if you do get uh, censorship for some reason, as we've seen, uh, you've got the others still running. Now, Charlotte, I want to go back to the censorship piece and, and we know the individual agency mm-hmm. that we're thinking of. What do you think an agency could do to help prevent that from happening? Is there anything they can do or, is, or do you think it's just, uh, just bad luck? Well, you know, and it's, it's difficult because I am a very much of a free speech person. Um, even if I don't like what you say, I really want you to be able to say it. Um, I'm able to tune out people that I find offensive or annoying. That's really not the situation right now. I think um, possibly because of the intensity of emotion around the election and you know, which certainly did not wane between the election and the inauguration that we've just had. Um, if Absolutely. Anything, if anything, it got more intense. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. You know, and, and it was a pretty broad brush that, um, you know, the, the censorship. I mean, good grief. When you've got, um, I mean, I mean uh, elected officials losing their official government accounts on social media, um, you know, what chance do you and I have? And, you know, we've certainly seen, I mean, I saw a report today, there was a blogger who someone dug into her personal information. It wasn't on her blog at all or on her business page, but found out her personal information because you could pull up voting records, found out who she had voted for. They're trying to have her shut down. And a lot of people have dropped off her page because of who she voted for. Um so it's, you know, we're, we're in a very tense time in our country. And unfortunately, there are people that um, if you don't vote for their person or you don't buy into everything they say, they look for any small indication that you're maybe connected to them. And then they say, well, you're just like them. When we know that's not true. You know, no one is exactly like the most extreme on <laughs> either side. Um right. But as far as what this particular agent could have done, um, you know, even though everything they did was a very positive and very um, patriotic, you know, putting up a picture of the American flag, even that became kind of a trigger point. And so it was, I think maybe just being really aware of what's happening in the media and things that are um, you see as flashpoints. And saying, you know, maybe I'll take down this old post or maybe I'll ch- kind of change the way I'm making this post. Um, Good point. Might have helped. Is, the, is it right that, you, that the agent would have to do that? I don't think so. I think that's still wrong because I still see that as, as unconstitutional censorship. But, you know, there, there has to be a time where you balance and say, um, okay, so which one is more important to me? And and he may have well said, it's more important to me to be able to put a picture of the United States flag up on my page. And, um, you know, I'll put up a, we, you know, we black, we back our local police officers on the page, even if I get you know, swept out with this big, massive wave, I'm, I'm willing to, to do that. Um, I, I have a feeling he would have been willing to do it anyway. <laughs> but I agree. And, and I'm hoping that, you know, cooler heads will, uh, 
will come about as we move forward and these things will be fixed so that those individuals don't uh, get thrown out with everything else. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see how that uh, plays out as we move forward. But agents should be aware that this trend is there and they need to have a plan in place as they're moving forward. And here again, they need to have multiple uh, marketing avenues to use so they can continue to get their message out if one of those particular avenues gets closed. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big fan of over of complexity for complexity's sake. Um, so there is a balance between having only one marketing channel or and having, you know, 300, <laughs> you know, neither, neither yeah, one or 300 true. is very good, <laughs> but you need, you, you need, do a, need to have more than a good one. mix, but not too many. It's exactly. just like if you, if you only have um, somebody's email and you don't have a way to call them or text them or message them any other way, you might not be able to, to get them when you need to get them in a, in a urgent situation. So, I mean, that's why we have our customers emails and phone numbers and, um, you know, possibly, you know, multiple ways to contact them. So, um, yeah, definitely give yourself options and just be very intentional with what you do online and understand, um, you know, that, that you could innocently be swept out or, or get something caught up. And most of the time, you'll be able to get stuff restored within a few days. Um, so if it's mission critical, be sure you've got an, a backup for that. Um, you know, and in general, I think these social media platforms are getting a lot more scrutiny. So, you know, the the intensity of the censorship that we've seen um, earlier this month may calm down some uh, because there's been some pretty heavy criticism. And certainly, um, you know, some of these platforms have taken a pretty big hit in their stock value. So, Perhaps they'll listen. Perhaps, you know, <laughs> they'll realize that they need to moderate this um, a little bit bit more. So, Agreed. Agreed. So we'll wait and see how this plays out as we move forward. Might even have another discussion on this a little bit later in the year. Yeah, it will. will just truly, that would be a good thing to revisit and say, hey, we saw what was going on in January. How does it look now that we're in July or August? So um, absolutely, that would be great. So we'll... Um, so this wraps up our second topic of our three-part podcast. If you didn't catch the first, you'll find the link for that in our show notes. And we'll also um, hope you'll join us for our third topic coming up, where we're going to talk a little bit about George's area of expertise, which is some cyber liability that's been in the news and actually impacted me as well. So uh, please join us on part three coming up. Thanks for joining us on the Insurance Agency Trendsetters podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. You can find show notes for each episode at insuranceagencytrendsetters.com as well as links to contact Charlotte and George. We'll see you next time on the podcast.